very simply the amen. Thank you for that good song. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject very simply, the reasons for the season. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be together tonight on this very special occasion. And I pray, Lord, that you would be honored and glorified. Uh, for, Lord, if we come for just one purpose, and that is to bring honor and glory to you by saying, Lord, we give this time, we give our attention, we give our praise, we give our service to you because we thank you for what you did for us, uh, for our salvation. It would be worth our coming. In addition to that, Lord, I pray that you would use the message uh, to give us uh, what we need in instruction tonight and uh, to put our minds in line with the Word of God. And I pray for power. I pray for physical strength and the preaching of your Word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Every holiday or uh, holy day uh, is a day of uh, celebration. And as you look through the Bible at the various Bible holy days and then uh, America's uh, holidays, uh, there are specific uh, remembrances and activities uh, that uh, are a part of all of those. Uh, we don't do the same thing at every activity. Now, some things we do at every holiday, and you can guess which one that is. Uh, everything is a celebration to eat, and uh, we all seem to enjoy that. And, of course, they did the same thing in uh, the Word of God. There's some things that we celebrate that nobody knows about but us. Uh, there's a special day, uh, the day of our salvation. What a wonderful day it was. And we remember uh, that day or that time of the year as we look back and thank the Lord for that special day in our lives. And then there are anniversaries that we celebrate, and that's uh, between husband and wife and family uh, celebrates uh, with the husband and wife, especially as the years uh, go along. Uh, we celebrate uh, the uh, uh, the special days of anniversaries of our church. We uh, celebrate uh, days that are specific uh, to our state. Uh, we celebrate days that are specific to our nation. Uh, we have some national holidays that the world uh, does not recognize. The 4th of July is a big, big day uh, for us as we celebrate our independence. And, of course, uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, uh, not because we eat, but I'm not complaining about that. Uh, they ate, and uh, they were thankful after that first year. Uh, but it was a day that our forefathers recognized that in the goodness and providence of God uh, that we should set aside a day to be thankful uh, in America. And then there are some days that we celebrate worldwide. That's interesting. Some days we celebrate worldwide, and this is one of those events. Christmas is celebrated not just in a day, but actually Christmas is celebrated in a season. And uh, I'm glad for that. I like 12 days of Christmas, 24 days of Christmas, 35 days of Christmas. I mean, it doesn't seem like uh, uh, October has come until uh, you start seeing the Christmas decorations. However, as life goes along, sometimes uh, holidays become commercialized or they become secularized to the place that we actually forget why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, and sometimes it becomes completely secular and uh, doesn't have any spiritual significance uh, at all. And uh, we forget all about those. So tonight, I just want to take some of those reasons of things that we do and talk about reasons for the seasons and where they came from. First of all, let's talk about the fact 
Christmas is a time for giving. It's a time for giving. It's a time for gift giving. We enjoy that. We celebrate that. Uh, enjoying, we enjoy receiving. Uh, the Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. It doesn't say it's not a blessing to receive. It just said it's more a blessing to give than receive. Uh, we enjoy that. That's a fun time. But let me tell you, friend, that began by the fact that God gave the greatest gift that could ever be given to mankind. It was not a gift that could be broken within an hour. It's not a gift that could be soon forgotten, uh, but it is a gift that we would celebrate for all of our life and throughout eternity. For God gave his son to men. Let's think about it just for a moment. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When the shepherds heard the words of the angels, they were told that a Savior was coming into the world. The child who was born in Bethlehem would be no ordinary baby. It is proven by the announcement of the angels, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. Uh, the angels came to the shepherds, and that's an amazing story. I'll say more about that in just a few minutes. But when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he was literally God in human flesh. He didn't come to just live on earth. He came as a gift to man, a gift that would make the greatest difference and the difference that all men would need to change his eternity. He taught like no other man. He performed miracles that no one else could do. He healed, he preached, he loved, he reached out to others that no one else had cared for. His life was one miraculous event after another. And of course, those are wonderful things, but none of those qualified him. <coughs> Excuse me, I ran out of cough drop. I was told this morning that I lied that my cough drop lasted more than 20 minutes. <coughs> I'm thankful for good cough drops. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. None of those things, none of those things qualified him to be the Savior. It wasn't enough for God to do miracles. It wasn't enough for him to love, for him to give, for him to serve. Jesus had to die and not only die but raise again to fulfill the responsibility of being the savior of the world, and he did that. For men, for men to receive the gift of eternal life is the greatest gift. Now think, no one likes to receive a gift, even from someone that we do not know, and give nothing in return. Isn't that a bad feeling when somebody gives you a gift and, 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 and while you're thankful for it, you sort of feel empty-handed not to give them a gift. Maybe it's an unexpected kindness, an unexpected gift. God gave his son to die for sinners. And if you and I would give a gift to God for what he's done for us, what would it be that we could 
give. What could we give to someone who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine? What could you give to someone who by his voice created the world? How many of you have somebody on your list that they're difficult to buy a gift for? They either have it or they don't like it or it just have a hard time buying for them. I see several smiles tonight. So what could I give God that he would be pleased with? You know, when you give a gift, you want it to be not only accepted, you want them to like it. You know what God wants? God wants you. God wants your praise. And isn't it a wonderful thing to know I can give God something that pleases him. I can give God something that satisfies him. The Bible says in Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Bible says in that second verse that we ought to give our lives a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service, the gift that I can give to God. And I, I'll be honest with you. I would hate to receive all the things I get from God, not just salvation, but the daily benefits, and give him nothing. I'm glad he let me know what he wanted. I'm glad he let me know what pleased him that I can give him. Every day I can give him my praise. Every day I can give him my thanksgiving. Every day I can give him my life. I enjoy gifts. I enjoy giving gifts. I enjoy exchanging gifts. And the great Christmas gift exchange began when God gave his son to pay for your sin and mine. Second of all, Christmas is a time for good tidings. Christmas is a time of Christmas greetings. Everybody, everywhere you go, they say, some type of a Christmas greeting. For a while, there was a bunch of, I don't know where it came from, devil, I guess, or the Grinch. And you couldn't say Merry Christmas. You thought you'd offend someone. And I thought it was a funny thing of all the different things they tried to say to keep from saying Merry Christmas. You know, they and Happy Holidays doesn't offend me at all. I'm thankful for happy holidays, and I'm happy at holidays, and typically when somebody says happy holidays to me, I'll say happy holidays, or I'll say Merry Christmas, and a lot of times they'll say happy holidays almost as a question as if, can I say Merry Christmas to you? You know where that started? It didn't begin with Hallmark. Hallmark started charging for it. It didn't begin with them. It became with the good tidings of great joy. Look at verse number 10, what the Bible says. Luke chapter 2, verse number 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The message came to shepherds. What an amazing story. Shepherds were social outcasts of the day. They did not worship with other people. In fact, they did not live with others. They lived among the sheep, and when they weren't working, 
they lived among shepherds and would oftentimes, uh, uh, they, they, they would spend the majority of their lives just in that exchange of working uh, with those sheep. It's interesting of all the groups and classes of people that the message came to. It came to the shepherd people. By the way, the story doesn't end there. The great king of Israel was a shepherd. And the Bible says that Jesus not only is our king, but Jesus is the shepherd king. And we'll find out that one day the thing that conquered the world was not the conqueror, but the servant king, shepherd Jesus. So where did the good tidings come from? Good tidings came from Luke chapter 2 and verse number 10 where they, declared, while, where they declared good tidings of great joy. Yesterday I went through again and I'll go through them again tomorrow. I look at all the Christmas cards and notes that I've received and I've received a bunch and I like them. The only thing that I don't like about Christmas is glitter. It isn't Christmas unless you have one piece of glitter stuck somewhere on your nose or on your cheek somewhere that everybody can see but you. But anyway, and I'm just joking about glitter. But I'll read through those. And it's been a blessing to me as a pastor of this church for more than 30 years to see folks that were once children, now married and now have children. And I'll look at many Christmas cards and I'll thank the Lord for many children and families and grandchildren and all the blessings. And I'll pray for a multitude of people. I'm glad tonight the message hasn't changed. I'm glad that we still proclaim good tidings of great joy. For while messages come and messages go, and while political messages become very popular, and everybody repeats them, but yet after a while, we're tired and weary of those. And those just become old cliches. The good tidings of great joy of the gospel never grows old. Jesus came to pay the price for you and I to go to heaven. I like what the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse number 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth. Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without price, and without money and without price. Wherefore, do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. I can say amen right there. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Christmas. It's a time of gift exchange because of the greatest gift ever given at Christ. It is a time of tidings of great joy and Christmas cards, and Christmas greetings because of the great greetings that came from heaven. A child is born, a son is given. It is also a time for amazing grace. 
I'll not spend long here, though I could. I want to say in a very real sense, we are the reason for the season. Look at verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Young man, little girl, Jesus came for you. You can look at the world and say, I, I know why he would come for the world, but he didn't just come for the whole world. He loves you individually. He loves you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, public or private, no matter how far sin or the world has taken you, Christ came for you. I'm thankful tonight for God's amazing grace and I'm thankful that we are the object of God's love I want to say number four Christmas is a time for glorifying God look at verse number 13 Luke chapter 2 and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. After the first angel finished his speech, he was immediately joined by a multitude of the heavenly host, and they lifted their voices to give glory and praise to God. What they said was a very strong and a wonderful, resounding message. And I want to say tonight, we should never, no matter how secular the world may become, no matter how wicked the world may become, we should never be quiet in the praise that we give to God to say glory to God in the highest. It is he that came that conquered death, hell, and the grave. And it is he that is coming again. This is the time to glorify God. Let me see if I can put things into perspective. All that we do, we should make sure that we give the thought to the fact that we're doing it to glorify God. All of the work done for the cantata that we enjoy, all of the work, those extra after church practices, those 30 minute practices that sometimes took 45 minutes or longer, those, you were supposed to laugh right then, but they're still mad at you. They haven't learned to laugh yet. They'll laugh about February. And, uh, but, but, but the extra time that you spent, you know what that was for? That wasn't for, for a performance, though it was very good. Our intent was to glorify God. Every time we open a songbook and we sing, our intent is to glorify God. Every time those doors are open and we come into church and we decide... I want to be in church today because I want to glorify God. The worst thought, the worst feeling I could have is to think I couldn't be in church. And yesterday evening and night, I contemplated whether I should come to church or not. And I said, well, I'll stay away from folks. I'll stand up there all by myself. And uh, I'll be rude. I won't shake hands. I won't get around people. And I thought, Lord, help me not to cough too bad in church. I just couldn't stand the thoughts of not being in church. You know why? It, 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 I do with all of my heart. I want to glorify God. And not just at Christmas time, but every time we sing, 
every time we give a gospel track, everything we do, we ought to do it to glorify God. We put up Christmas lights at our house more than ever before. And we purchased a big nativity scene. I love that. You know why? I want to glorify God in all that we do. Then last of all, I want to say this. Think about it. Christmas is a time for going home. Now for some, home is people. It's not a place. There was a time that life did not move as quickly and it did not move as broadly as it does in our world today. There was a time that generations of people would grow up in the same region of the country and they would live there for more than one generation. And going home was important. Some of the most well-known Christmas songs are written about going home for Christmas. Do you know the Christmas story all began when Joseph went home for the first Christmas? He had to go back to his home place. It was a time for all the world to be taxed. And so he went back to his home. And Jesus would be recorded with the census of Joseph and Mary. It was a time for home. Let me say in closing tonight, if you are away from the fellowship in your relationship with God, you cannot sever the relationship, but you can hurt your fellowship by being away from God. And sin will take you away from that wonderful fellowship. You ought to decide this Christmas 2023, I'm going home. I'm not talking about the home place where you were born or where you grew up. I'm talking about your fellowship with God. Christmas is a time for going home. It was the era of the Civil War. A young man had committed a crime, and that crime shamed his family. He was sent to prison, and he would serve several years in the penitentiary. The time came that he had served his sentence and he would be freed. So he wrote a letter to his parents to tell them that he was being released from prison and that he would be riding the train to home. He recalled as a young man an oak tree at the end of the farm along the railroad tracks. And in his letter he told his family if I am welcomed at home, if you will tie a yellow ribbon in the oak tree down by the railroad track. The day came when the boy was released. He took his few belongings of clothes and a small sack. He boarded the train and he headed toward the town of his home. As the train approached the home place. As the story went, he could not bear to look at the oak tree. He told a passenger that he had met on the train what had happened and that he was released from prison. And he told his parents, if I'm welcome home, please tie a ribbon around the oak tree and I'll know that I'm welcome. 
He said to the passenger, he said, I can't bear to look. Would you look out the window as we go around the next bend and tell me if you see a ribbon around the tree? When the train got to the farm, it was obvious that the oak tree he spoke of was there. And he said, young man, there's not a ribbon in the oak tree. But the tree is covered with ribbons from top to bottom. And it looks to me like you're welcome home. And I want to say tonight, sin does hurt the heart of God. And sin hurts us when we grow cold and indifferent and we get away from God. Ah, but Christmas is a time to go home. And I think tonight if you would say, Lord, if I'm welcome back in your fellowship, now you understand you can't break the relationship. If I'm welcome back in the fellowship, please let me know. I think you'd find his arms are open wide. Those are the reasons for the season. Stand with me if you will. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you've never received the free gift of salvation, you see all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us owe a sin debt. That's why God loved the world so much that he gave his son. Jesus died on the cross to pay that sin debt for us. Now, your debt has been paid, though you must receive it to be forgiven. And if you've never received Christ as Savior, uh, 